0: Before we begin this week's show, we want to take a moment to tell
1: you about something else you can listen to. NPR One. It's an app for your phone, not unlike Pandora, but for public radio. It's full of news and podcasts, including How to Do Everything. Whenever you're ready to listen, NPR One has something great just for you. Find it on your app store. It's not for anybody else. It's
0: just you. NPR One. Hey, Phil, what can we help you with?
2: Well, I'm originally from Detroit. and I'm a Detroit Tigers baseball fan, and I was watching the game, and there was a hard-hit ground ball to our second baseman, Ian Kinsler. Okay. And without any thought, Ian knocked it down, kept it in front of him, and made the play to first base. But then he stood up, and his hand was covered in blood. That oh. The ball somehow split his fingernail. Ah. Oh. But Ian's old school, and, you know, there's no crying in baseball. So he walked over to the outfield grass and wiped the blood off on the grass and then took a couple steps back onto the infield and literally rubbed some dirt on it. Yeah, okay. I'm wondering, is there actually any medical benefit to rubbing some dirt on it?
1: I've heard that. I've heard the phrase used, but I think only metaphorically. Like, I've never been in a situation where I was near, near actual dirt and somebody told me to rub dirt on it. I stayed away from most of the sports requiring coordination.
2: Well, our fathers and coaches always told us, you know, walk it off, rub some dirt on it. Yeah. Did they actually know what they were talking about?
1: This is a great question. We're going to look into it for you.
2: Okay.
0: Okay, Phil, I think we have somebody who can help you. It's infectious disease microbiologist Dr. Shelley Hadle. So, Shelley, should we be rubbing dirt on our cuts
3: like Ian Kinsler did? The natural... Response from me as an infectious disease microbiologist is to say, Absolutely not. Don't put dirt in it because there's plenty of microorganisms that basically you're saying, Hi, microorganisms, welcome to my body because here's the bloodstream. Come on in. Yeah. But then ultimately, if you're bleeding profusely uh-huh. and you need to stop the blood, then putting some sort of material in there to do so would probably be a, a good strategy. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how bad his wound was on the field.
1: Let's call it a scrape, you
3: know? You know yeah. He's not going to
1: bleed out. He's not going to lose right. a lot
3: of blood. Right. So medically, I would say absolutely not.
1: Is, right. there, uh, is there a place, uh, either you know, a, a location or a part of the world, that it would be the worst place to, to rub some dirt on it?
3: You know, I don't know if we know enough about the... Ecology of different soils throughout the entire world Um, because you could, you know, travel from one part of your community to, you know, three or four miles down the road and you can have a very, very different population of microorganisms in the soil. You can imagine if you're in a toxic landfill or in a wastewater environment, that might not be the best place because now you've got a concentrated batch of nastiness. Yeah.
1: So basically, to, to sum up, if the choice is between bleeding out and not bleeding out, and the way you do that is putting dirt on it, put dirt on it.
3: If it's the last resort, yeah, I, I probably would. Okay. If you think about just dirt, it's a very generic term, but there's soil, there's organic matter, there are live organisms, there are clays, and so anything in there that could potentially serve as a mechanism to increase the clotting of the blood would be beneficial and, and we do know that clays uh, that are present in dirt do have that capability.
1: Can I ask you a, a kind of follow-up question? Sure. Okay, so uh, there's the, the Jay-Z song, Dirt Off Your Shoulder. You familiar <laughs> okay. with it? Okay. <laughs> so there's this lyric. Yeah, if you're feeling
0: like a pip, go on, brush your shoulders off. Ladies and pips too, go on, brush your shoulders off
3: baby don't forget
1: that from your perspective as an infectious disease microbiologist if he had dirt on his shoulder what what benefit might there be to to brushing it off
3: none as long as your skin is intact it is your best immune defense
0: okay is there any harm done in jay z uh pushing putting the dirt
3: Rubbing the dirt off his shoulder, right?
0: Getting, getting the dirt off his yeah. shoulder. Yeah, off his
3: shoulder. Oh no, absolutely not.
1: So that's okay too.
3: That's okay. Rub. Yeah.
1: Now, if Jay Z had a wound on his shoulder, right, that the dirt was on top of, right, uh, would he be doing himself any good <laughs> by then brushing it uh, off of his shoulder and uh, thereby out of out of the wound?
3: Yes, that would probably be a good idea. Brush it off of a wounded shoulder. Clean it out, get the debris out of there, apply some antiseptic, and cover it.
0: But if Jay-Z were standing <laughs> next to Ian Kinsler, who had an open wound on his hand, he brushed the dirt off, and it hit Ian Kinsler's open, wounded hand, <laughs> what are the chances Ian Kinsler would die of sepsis?
3: Very, very small. Okay. So, but but I, I think the other thing is that whenever you get, you step on a nail. What's your mom going to tell you?
1: I think I, I'm going to be sent immediately to the hospital. Maybe my mom is Go overreacting. Go get a tetanus shot.
3: Go get a tetanus shot. Uh-oh. Do we know why? Look, I'm flipping it onto on you. Do you know why? No. Why, is it lockjaw, right? You get lockjaw? You jaw? can get lockjaw.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, the tetanus causes lockjaw, but, but we always think about it, it's like, and it's always got to be a rusty nail that yeah. we're worried about. Yeah. But it's basically the organism that produces the tetanus toxin lives in the soil. There are little spores, but once those spores get introduced into a deep wound, and that's got to be deep where there's no air because this organism doesn't grow in the presence of air, so it takes that spore, it creates a cell, and then it produces the tetanus toxin inside of the body and it has nothing to do with rust.
0: Wow, I had no idea. I assumed right? that it was My, rust, that, no. and that was tetanus, and that's lockjaw.
3: No, and so it could be the very, very clean nail or steak or something that just landed in the soil and happened to be upright and you step on it. That one's just as bad.
0: Well, that's that's great. (laughs) Well, Shelly, thank you so much for helping us out. Oh, you're welcome. I think you should at this point feel free to go ahead and brush your shoulder off.
3: Right, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks so much. Now it's
1: the part of our show where we like to thank our sponsors for sponsoring us. This week, that's
0: OnePlus, maker of the OnePlus 3, a smartphone conceived and built by tech
1: enthusiasts hand-in-hand with users. The OnePlus 3 features Dash Charge, an innovative technology that sets a new benchmark in charging solutions.
0: It's a quick 30-minute charge that will replenish over 60% of your OnePlus 3's battery, allowing for 7-plus hours of HD video playback and giving you a day's power in half an hour. Check it out at oneplus.net. Support also comes from Casper. Casper, an online mattress retailer.
1: Casper Mattress is designed, developed in the United States of America, and engineered for comfort. They use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam, to give you just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper Mattress for 100 nights with free delivery and returns, along with a special offer, listeners. A free mattress. That's not true. Go to casper.com slash everything and use the promo code everything to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress. Terms and conditions apply. In, in stores now, because Halloween is right around the corner, is the pumpkin-shaped uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And I'm wondering if this shape would give you a better peanut butter to chocolate ratio, which I think we can all agree would make a superior Reese's Cup. To help us figure this out, uh, we're joined now by Sam. He is a 14-year-old high school student. So, Sam, uh, before we get into this, am I to understand that you are skipping class to to have this conversation?
4: Well, actually, right now, this is my lunch period. I uh, I was doing some research during gym class.
1: Okay, okay. Wait, did you already skip gym? Yes. All right, well, let's start here. Do I get a better peanut butter to chocolate ratio with the, the pumpkin-shaped Reese cup?
4: Well, I was wondering the same question. So I actually went to the store, and I bought six different types of Reese's just for a variety. Uh-huh. And out of like the regular like circular cup sizes, I got the king size, the regular size, the miniature size, and the mini size. And then out of the pumpkin size, I got the king size, and the regular pumpkin. All right. So for the first four that were um, in the cup shape, those are really in the shape of a frustum because, um, in case you don't know, like a frustum is when you take a cone Uh and then you slice off the top part, like the pointy part. Yeah. How you have like a circle on top and then a circle on bottom, but like the circle on the bottom is bigger.
1: And that's that's a frustum? Yes. All right, okay.
4: And... That would be the, the shape of the Reese's peanut butter cup.
1: Sure, yeah. So uh, I've, that's something I've, I've just learned already, is that our, the, the basic standard Reese cup shape, it, it should be called a, a Reese's frustum. Yes, not a Reese's cup. Okay. Okay, so what, which, which of these many shapes that you did calculations on is going to give us the best peanut butter to chocolate ratio?
4: Um, after finding the volume of the inner frustum of the peanut butter and the, the whole frustum of the peanut butter cup, I got that the king size of the King Reese's frustum has 37% of it is peanut butter. Okay. And the regular is about 30% peanut butter, so uh-huh. just the regular shape is 30%. Uh-huh. The miniatures are 36%, and uh-huh. the minis are 35%. Wow.
1: And so where does the pumpkin fall?
4: So the pumpkin, I had to measure it in a different way because the pumpkin is like an ellipse. Okay. So the regular pumpkin Reese's had 38% peanut butter. So it beat out all the other Reese's. Wow. But then when I went to the King Pumpkin, it it won by a really large amount. It had 67% peanut butter. What? Yeah, it was a lot. (laughs)
1: Wow. Maybe I
4: just got a really good King Pumpkin peanut butter uh, package, or maybe it just has a lot of peanut butter, one of the two.
1: That's, uh, that's really, I mean, this is really helpful. In yeah,
4: so if you're, like, really into peanut butter, I would suggest uh, taking advantage of Halloween and buying a lot of the pumpkin shapes.
1: Yeah. So I have to ask, in doing this research for us, which we're, we're very grateful, how many Reese ellipses or frustums did you eat? How
4: many did I eat? Yeah. Oh, wow. Whoa. I ate a decent amount. <laughs> I'd say maybe, I, I tried to stay low on them because I didn't want my mom getting mad at me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: So I think I only ate maybe like five, six, maybe seven of each kind. Don't tell her that.
1: Wait, seven of each kind?
4: Maybe. <laughs> Wait, and there were what,
0: seven kinds? Yeah, there so were like... forty-nine.
4: Well, th- there, there were six kinds. Oh, so six. So six times seven is 42.
0: Are you, uh, are you going trick-or-treating this Halloween?
4: Um, yes, I am.
0: What do you, what's your costume?
4: Um, I haven't decided yet. Do you have any suggestions? Uh, you could be a frustrum. Oh, maybe. I,
1: I notice we should just clarify that I am saying frustum, and Mike is saying frustrum. Which which one is it?
4: Okay, so originally, when I first learned the word, I thought it was frustrum, F-R-U-S-T-R-U-M. Uh-huh. But it turns out there isn't the second R. It's oh. just F-R-U-S-T-U-M.
1: Frustum. Yes. Okay. I guess being wrong about that, that's probably frustrating.
4: Yeah. Although I don't think most people notice, so it's fine. You can get away with it.
0: I, myself, was not frustrated by that.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay, so, we know about the pumpkins. We know about the frustums. Is there an ideal, perfect, best shape?
4: So, I actually did some research on this, and I figured out that the best Reese's shape for having the most peanut butter would be uh, Reese's in the shape of a sphere Uh because it would be able to hold the most volume, which would be the peanut butter, using the least amount of surface area.
1: And then, I guess, is it the bigger that sphere got, the better ratio of peanut butter to chocolate we would get?
4: Um, The bigger it got, it would be a better ratio. Uh
1: Uh-huh. So, really, the, the best optimal Reese's would be a sphere of infinite size. A sphere as large as the universe would allow.
0: Yes, like something really, really big. Wow, but you couldn't sell that in a store.
4: Um, nah, I don't know if it would fit in the store. No, I don't think
0: it would. I don't think it would fit anywhere. Because yeah. it would be too big.
4: I think you'd be frustrated in trying to get it in the store.
0: All right, Sam, back to class.
1: Well, that does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? I learned that in a real emergency, rubbing dirt on your cut, like if you're going to bleed out, is actually a pretty good idea. Otherwise, yeah. it's probably a little gross.
0: I mean, there's a cost. I think it will add
1: more germs to your body, germs
0: that weren't there before, but you won't be bleeding anymore.
1: I mean, I think if you choose the right dirt, it'd be nice if you could maybe uproot a daisy or something. So oh, that there yeah. you are. You look pretty bad because you just had a massive wound but look there's a a beautiful daisy growing out of your arm so you could have it you could kind of cultivate your wound well i I mean i think like everybody loves really local produce Mm. and if it's actually growing out of your arm find me more local than that could you imagine going to a restaurant
0: and the uh, waiter hands you fresh parsley for your
1: garnish from his arm yeah Ah, pick it yourself. I was I was recently in a car accident. Oh. How to do everything is produced by Candace Mattel with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Question Mark. That's what it says here. I'm just gonna just gonna call him Mark. It's a much more reasonable name.
0: But he did a great job helping us end our sentences. Our artist in residence is Justin Witty. Get us your questions at howtodoeverything.org. And you can visit our website at howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike.
1: Hmm? Dan, do you remember once we recorded a segment with you under an elevated train line in Chicago? Yeah, I don't remember that making it to air. I think the idea was we were going to do interviews in the worst possible locations to record interviews.
0: (laughs) How'd that turn out? I don't remember hearing that series.
1: Yeah, we never did
0: it. Do you remember Uh, what we talked about, though? It was about... I want to say it involved guacamole. I believe it was how to eat pasta, Mm. the right way to eat pasta. If it works for you right now, we'll give you a chance to answer that question. Okay, well, I'll say two quick things. Number one... It depends, short pasta or long. That's all the time we have for today. Subscribe to the Sporkful podcast from WNYC Studios, wherever you get your podcasts.